Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Office Hours Career Paths for PhDs. My name is Dr. Jasmine Goodman. I am your host, and I am excited to share yet another PhD story with you. As you know, this series is dedicated to telling the stories of PhDs who are bold enough to take leaps outside of academia, although we still love our PhDs that decided to remain in academia. We just want to explore all of the career options that are out there and also tell stories that you may not have heard before. With that said, I want to introduce our guest today, Dr. Ashley Goodwin. She is an advisor and DEI lead. She earned her PhD in creative leadership for innovation and change at the University of the Virgin Islands. I'm going to now bring her to the stage. Dr. Goodwin. Hi, Dr. Jasmine. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining the Office Hours podcast. I have been really curious about your background and just kind of the, the your PhD experience. That seems like a really exciting topic. So I'm excited that you're here to tell your story. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here as well to share my story with you and everyone watching. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So when you started your PhD program, what prompted you to pursue, well, I'll even take it back, what prompted you to pursue the PhD in the first place? I would say I always came up with really novel ideas and I would always I would call myself a creative and I I'm a creative scholar for for one um but for two I've always needed a, me- a method to my madness I feel like you know I always had these novel ideas that led towards an innovative product but then people would want to know how I got there and how I reached that conclusion and so I felt as though the PhD would provide more again credentials and mm-hmm. provide more I guess, stature to what I was already trying to do and where I already was thinking where my mind was going. I'm very imaginative, big picture person. And I really thought that the the PhD would really give me the tools that I needed to uh, substantiate myself in the field. Okay. And so when you say that you're a creative scholar, kind of tell me more about what that means to you. So what does creativity mean? Uh, Creativity is not just uh, the world of the arts. Um, Creativity has over like 40 definitions and the field is over 40, excuse me, over 50 years old. And so it's the science of problem solving, of thinking creatively. And what does that mean? How to solve problems, how to generate solutions and have lots of solutions that you are not, that you are judgment free from. And so one of my favorite um, definitions is from my dissertation chair, which is novelty. Creativity is novelty that is transformative. Wow. And um, that's important to me. How are we using our novel ideas to make transformational changes in organizations within ourselves and the people that we work with and the places that we serve as well? Right. And that's such a beautiful way to describe creativity, because right now I feel like we're in this creative boom where everybody is, oh, I'm a creative. I do this. I do that. So what exactly does that mean? So (laughs) I'm glad and grateful that you were able to kind of break it down. And so I think you said creativity is the science of problem solving. Um, yes, uh, to me, as a science of problem solving, uh, my again, my dissertation chair, Dr. Puccio, who was really instrumental in this the journey for me, which uh-huh. was really giving me um, the tools necessary to be myself and felt like I, that sense of belonging because I'm a diversity, equity, inclusion lead. I could not have, you know, gotten to that point without 
giving those tools to feel like I belong. And I've used the creative skills that I've learned and acquired um, throughout, you know, my master's program in creative studies from Buffalo State University now um, to make diversity, equity, inclusion digestible, um, to create bite-sized chunks of creative activities where people are able to receive these difficult conversations because diversity, equity, inclusion, it can be very difficult to talk about, difficult to receive, difficult to create action steps, but with creativity, you can build a whole initiative or action plan with these activities when you're changing the lens to help change the perception of others. Okay, well, please tell your chair and your advisor (laughs) to put that on a t-shirt, a mug, (laughs) I will buy that. And I think that that's a great way to even frame just the doctoral process we often think that it's just research oriented, but it is, there's creativity in that, whether Mm -hmm. it's research design or asking new and different questions. So there's a lot of creativity that's a part of that. Now I want to learn more about when you went into your doctoral program, Mm -hmm. what did you think you were going to do? So big shout out to UVI University of the Virgin Islands, Dr. Madurell and the whole team. Listen, what I thought I was going into in 2016 I thought, you know, you, you you have your master's and you're like, okay, I think I already know what I'm going to do. That's not the case. What I thought I was going to do turned out to be something different. It turned out to be okay. a little outdated. And so for my thinking, and mm-hmm. so just um, thinking that I wouldn't have to do so much writing, thinking that I would, that I had already the steps already outlined for myself was not the case. And I was challenged. Um, I was championed and I also was pushed uh, to be my better self, uh, to to speak uh, better, to present better, and also to be able to be a strong defender of my scholarship and my work. Okay. Now, at what point did your career goal start to crystallize? I would say now. Right now, this is the point I feel like I have been on a constant climb. Um, I was, not only have I worked in academia, I worked on the student affairs side of the house. I was working as a resident director, uh, working as a student activities um, coordinator. So I did a lot of activities for the incoming um, students from, they call them first year students now to senior students as well. And so it started to crystallize once the, once I graduated. Once I graduated, I, excuse me, I'll say that in 2018, as soon as I graduated, I got the opportunity to be a keynote in um, Hyderabad, India. Um, And that was life-changing. I've never been to India before. Um, University of Virgin Islands hosted their doctoral candidates, um, uh, a conference, and I was invited to keynote speak there right after I graduated. And after that, those, the doors of speaking engagements, and the doors of me feeling purpose to actually speak to people about diversity, inclusion, and creativity, and how they uh, champion with one another um, started to happen. And when I say now, I feel like I am respected. You know, I'm coming out of the gate swinging in 2018 with this new creative uh, scholarship talking about diversity and inclusion. Well, what is that, right? So I took the time from 2018 to meet with other people to kind of, you know, really solidify my place in this field. And I feel like now is the moment where things are really starting to take off. Um, just in a, just this month, I've been to LA. I have been to uh, Charleston, South Carolina to speak and really be flown out just for my opinion 
um, on diversity, equity, inclusion, on is this really, um, you know, the way we should be going or they're not necessarily approval, but really, really wanting to know what my opinion is. And that's big. I've went from being in places where I was struggling to be heard, struggling to find my own voice to people wanting to know what I have to say. And that's that's big for me. You know, you just said a lot of great things, but I want to make one pop culture reference. <laughs> Some girls are flued out for one thing, but you're flued out for your opinion. Which yeah. is Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got flued out for my opinion and yes. pop culture. I'm big on pop culture. I really <laughs> I when I was struggling with trying to you know, say, should I Facebook post? I just got flued out for my, for my opinion. <laughs> And so now with a creative leadership PhD, which won two years, wow, you know, my program was four years and I wanted to quit every single semester. So Mm -hmm. I would love to even just talk about how they were able to pull all that together um, where you were able to kind of go deep enough in the subject matter. But with the creative leadership, what were your professors, what types of careers were they encouraging you to pursue before you kind of found your own path? One thing that I loved about the program is that they were not um, traditional to other academic programs. They were not trying to put us in a box. And that was that this program is the first of its kind. I want to champion myself in this moment and say, I am the first black woman to attain this uh, degree uh, in the world because it is the first of its kind. But the professors really um, did not put us in a the box. They wanted us to make this um, dissertation and this degree our own. Um, the people who are my colleagues, shout out to the pioneers, our first class. They mm-hmm. were in so many different roles. They were in politics. They were in law. They were um, in public service, um, academia and different things. And so how does creative leadership for innovation and change degree work for your career path? And so... It was really a creative, innovative way, no pun intended, to make sure that we can shape this program for ourselves. Right. And I think that makes sense on multiple levels. One, if you are an innovative and creative program, you're not going to do what's standard for. And I won't even say standard because Ph.D. programs takes many different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. But I still think that what you all are doing there is pretty innovative. But also, too, what I love about what you just said is that. You have to make it work for you, which is an expression that we have on this show where we say, create your own definition of success. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, and I mentioned earlier, some people want to go down the tenure track. Great. Go do that. Some Mm -hmm. people want to be a college president, you know, Godspeed. But Mm -hmm. it's all about finding the path that works for you and utilizing tools to the tools that you have to get you there. Um, Leading. Okay, so moving this forward. What were some resources or activities that you used to help build this vision for your career? I would say I didn't go the conventional route. Even though I did work in academia a little bit, I kind of made sure that I um, networked with people. Um, Network equaling your, your net worth and increases your platform. And I think it's important for really to say, put yourself out there, but put yourself out where, you know, really identifying your own audiences. And I have a public relations background. So I use that to campaign for myself, to create a campaign for myself of, listen, it's time for you to blow up. How are you going to do that? (laughs) So let's create a campaign for yourself to um, 
get on different stages, get around different um, spaces and um, shake hands and introduce yourself um, to different people. So I would say social media, uh, of course, is a different tool. Um, I would say um, creating different things for yourself as far as campaigns and um, magazines like posts and different things like that. Just reaching out to people and not being afraid to do that. Reaching out to people to for them to interview you as well. Hello, are you interested in an interview on such and such and such? So really, I would say my tools are using your voice, um, communicating with others to increase your platform. Now, how did you decide on what you wanted your platform to be? So it's, it's, you talked about building relationships and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. But once you get on the stage, how did you decide what you were going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes people may have requests, but also it's about being authentic. I would say that for sure. What are you passionate about? What can you get on stage and really show your inner light about? So what are you... Um, so. We have saying in creativity, which is everyone is creative in the area of their strength. And so I'm strong in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging and authenticity. So I knew that those pieces um, I could talk about all day and I can get up there and talk about it with strength and confidence and courage and people will listen. Uh, When you know your subject matter um, and you are excited about it, others, you can empower others to be just as excited about it as well. And so those topics kind of come natural to me because if I'm passionate about something, I can deliver a topic very well. Now, tell me about your very first speaking experience. If you can walk us through, you know, how they got the request or how you reached out to them all the way through, you know, exiting the stage. Mm-hmm. So I would say my first professional, one, I w- I'm going to go with with India because that's a different stage. This is a global stage now. Mm-hmm. And so I've spoken to um, in the, the creativity in, in Nigeria program and that that was virtual, but that was still a different and global audience. Mm-hmm. And so um, LinkedIn has been, you know, you know, people have been reaching out via that. And that has been um, awesome as well. But I would say. um Reaching out, I would I would again use my public relations skills to have a headshot of myself, a brief bio, and my topic, um, and ask the company if they are looking for um, this type of um, topic and to to contact me. And if I was to get a bite, which I, I have, I would um, then set up a call like this and for us to kind of chat and and get together. But my first engagement, going back to India, I was so nervous, so nervous. So nervous. I flew, you know, halfway across the world. Um, mm-hmm. The time changed. You know, you're trying to get yourself together. You know, you don't. Um, I look different um, mm-hmm. than those who, who were there. And so that's always that, um, you know, for me, you know, walking into a room, being the first or the only um, that's important to to me as my truth and how I show up in that space is to take up space. And so I did that. I took a deep breath. And I dived in, even though I was nervous, um, but I did have um, some faculty there to, to there to support me. So I kind of like took some breaths, got some water <laughs> and um, kept going. 
Okay. A couple things there. So I didn't disclose this, but my background is in also in communication as well. So I love when you talked about PR. <laughs> you said headshot, bio, and a topic, and then even just having your assets in place. So the bio, the headshot, and a list of topics you could talk about. You also had your process in place in terms of, okay, if you would love to set up a call, you already had that kind of, that mm-hmm. part of it kind of figured out. Yeah. That's excellent. And I think it's important that when you are developing your platform, you don't have to go out and spend a lot of money. I mean, it, it helps to have like some really nice and glossy photos. But if you just have something that pulls your your professional identity together and it makes you look more polished, people respect that. that oh, it goes yeah. a long way. Now, tell me, what were some of the early challenges you experienced as you, you know, once you graduated and you were out into the world? Uh, what was that like for you? Um, I would say it was difficult and um, it was difficult because, you know, who is, who are you? You know, you're, you're new. Um, you're, I guess, um, fresh, fresh out, right? And so you're fresh out of the program. You know, yes, you have a PhD, but what is it in? Tell me what, you know, the, just the, the constant challenge from other PhDs to, you know, uh, validate, you know, my program and to validate. Mm-hmm my, not even necessarily my program, but my, my work, you know, tell me more about your work. Tell me why it's impactful. And that's just off of saying hello. Hi, right. I'm Dr. Hi. Ashley Goodwin. And they would say, oh, okay, well, where'd you go? Uh, what did you study? Oh, tell me about your dissertation. And I understand, you know, PhDs, we, we our nature is to challenge, right? But what about, let's build a, a network relationship first. Before right. we get to that. So I think um, the culture uh, shift was different for me. I'm going into a more, from a more friendly, high shaking hands to a, okay, I want to know, I want to challenge you just a little bit before we become collaborators. So that I think the culture shift was different um, to, to kind of get into first. Right. And I think I've had moments where people have, I don't know if I would refer to it as challenged, but they're very inquisitive. And you mm-hmm. just kind of realize that What's driving what's driving the line of questioning isn't their interest. They want to understand, oh, you have a PhD. What did you study? And it's just like, do I need to roll up my fist? Like, do I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think just to be um transparent for me, the one of the I'll say I just came to mind what biggest challenge for me is um being mm-hmm. called Dr. Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Um, because of uh, how I look. And mm-hmm. I guess some people say I look young. And in academia, um, people would question and like, who's Dr. Goodwin? So I remember, you know, in a couple of different spaces, um, I would be getting called up to a podium and people would be waiting for Dr. Goodwin and I'd be standing right there. (laughs) And so it's important that, you know, you know, with diversity, equity, inclusion, that we don't, um, you know, this age bias has to be has to be gone because, um, education and brilliance has no age. And so with that, I'm going to show up in spaces, whether I look young or not. <laughs> and that's that. So, and I like to thank, you know, my parents and, and Melanin for that too. So <laughs> that, that's that. Okay. Now, in addition to your speaking work, what other types of work are you doing these days? 
So I, um, I've done some um, internal consulting and also done some external consulting when it comes to uh, diversity, equity, inclusion training, um, certifications. I've worked with the United States Air Force um, coming with uh, cognitive diversity appreciation, which is um, part of my scholarship that I developed that um, really talks about that implicit bias and neurodiversity and cognitive diversity and how people express themselves and how they're brought into the circle or amplify their voices as well. And so um, right now I really am just um, doing the internal consulting with um, with the company and uh, just being sought out uh, right now and I, for different interviews to speak about that. And I'm just looking for different opportunities to continue to network. Right. So sought out and flewed out. is Now tell me, how were you able to translate your dissertation? I, I know you just mentioned that. Um, how were you able to translate your dissertation into an actionable product or a platform for your, your services? Um, I, uh, hmm. I would say how I was able to translate it was into um, an assessment, something being really real for organizations. What's real for you? Um, what is the so that we know that we're solving the right problem? We want to know what the real issue is. Is the real issue communication? Is it trust? Is it decision making? And, and how does that translate to diversity, equity, inclusion? Or how does that, you know, um, combine or work together? And so with that, I, I really... Um, took on a, you know, an internal assessment of what I thought uh, companies are plagued with, which is um, people feeling like they don't belong or mm-hmm. they can't feel like they're authentic because Ooh, if I do that, I might not get promoted. Um, my voice might not be amplified or other things. And so when you take those really real moments, you can take a real human approach to diversity, equity, inclusion, and people can paint you know, change their own perceptions when they change their lens and think about things in a non-conventional way and bring fresh eyes to it. Okay. Now, I know that you more than anyone has noticed this, um, you know, 2020, there were a lot of DEI jobs out there and companies were plagued with guilt and they were opening up all these roles and sharing all these statements about, you know, why it's important. But now with layoffs happening, what are your thoughts around the longevity of DEI programs now that um, summer 2020 and that guilt seems to have worn off for some institutions? And so I've noticed that. Um, I have noticed that. I'm happy to be um, where that's not the case. And I'm happy to where, you know, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, I think the longevity is in the action, um, really showing the importance of why this needs to be interweaved in all the programs within the companies. Um, I say a lot, um, diversity, equity, inclusion needs to be within the DNA of the company. You know, mm-hmm. it needs to be within the hearts and, you know, the brain of, of the company. Who are the brains of the company? The stakeholders. And not because they're smarter, but because they're, they're the, you know, the, the decision makers. So who are the brains of the, the company? Who is the heart of the company? The associates and the organizations and everybody who makes it has to be in alignment. And diversity, equity, inclusion is not just about, even though it's important, about race, social justice, and all these different things. It's about the diversity you can't see, right? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about how you think and how you present yourself to the table and how you get opportunities based off of how you, you, you know, express yourself. You could be an internal processor. You could be an external processor, someone or internal processor, someone who is not speaking up during a meeting. 
but now it's not given an opportunity because they are looked at as they're not being a value add. Got it. You know? Wow. How do you how do you look at diversity, equity, inclusion for a more human perspective, more um, neuro perspective, and so that we can change our perception because our perception starts with how we think, and then how we behave and how we perform. So that's my approach, and I think if I know that if companies take that approach and reach out to experts who can do that, then mm-hmm. the longevity is there because diversity has so many different facets, and we have to tap into all of them. So that we, and also diversity is, and I say this a lot too, that diversity is um, a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, shout out to Nipsey Hustle. It's not, it is not um, a sprint. And some companies are only taking their first lap around and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But we have to take more laps so we can get to where we need to go and pass the baton to others also. So we also can make progress. One thing you said there that really just stood out when you talked about like being an internal processor. I know that especially since I've been out of my doctoral program and I've worked in industry, just consulting, doing commercial research, we'll come out of a day of doing field work and everybody has like we're doing a debrief and everyone has all these ideas. I'm like, wait, we just we just finished doing the field work. How do you have all this stuff? And so for me, I learned in that process that I need time to kind of take a step back and then come up with ideas or suggestions or potential new routes. And so I felt like something was wrong with me because I couldn't process as quickly as they could Mm -hmm. because I'm not used to that. Normally Mm -hmm. in academia, we take our transcripts, you know, we start coding and we do all of that. We have time to think through this process, but in corporate work, everyone just kind of spits out a lot of things and you can be viewed in a different way. If you're not, you know, rattling off 10 insights, you know, 10 minutes after you get out of a focus group. So that that's, that's interesting work. What are some ways that you have leveraged your PhD um, in just your, so is it like a business? Are you doing independent consulting? Like how does that? Yes. So I would say um, I was before, you know, my primary role, I was um, external consulting with the Maverick agency and I was, you know, the lead chief diversity um, officer at, person who was going out consulting with different groups, again, the United States Air Force, um, virtually in Nigeria, uh, Hyderabad, India, you know, when I was um, outside of the program. So really just taking that role to go ahead and network and put myself out in the the places where people are looking and seeking out diversity. Right. No, that's awesome. And that even ties back into what you shared about having those media assets in place. So when you go places, you you can be well represented or you have the your expertise can be well represented. What are some other ways that let's say if somebody wants to build a platform or build a speaking platform, what are some media outlets or blogs? Where should they look to place themselves for these opportunities? Um, so like namely the ones that I'm on or just in, in general, share both. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would just, I would honestly say, um, invest in creating your own website as well. You know, I'm working with, um, and I'm just going to say it. I work, uh, is listed in the front. I'm work mm-hmm. at Ingram micro It's an awesome company voted a uh, great place to work. Um, great people. They are, um, very open to diversity, equity, inclusion, and committed. Um, I think it's it's different when it when it's coming from the top down. 
Uh, I think that's important when you see that people are committed from the top down, that that speaks volumes. And so in, prior to me working there, that's one of my references. Go to my website mm-hmm. and look me up. You know, go on LinkedIn and look me up. But also look how I've invested in my brand that I created a website for myself that is out there for the world to see with just a, a click of a button. So invest in the what these websites where you can build um, a brand for yourself um, and a voice. You can amplify your own voice. You can self-publish. You can do all these different things by yourself. You don't need a big someone backing you for you to open your mouth and say something that's important. And so that I would say that investing yourself and investing your brand, even when you are with a company, invest on what your executive presence is. That's that's important. Let's talk more about executive presence. <laughs> what is it? How does it work? How do we do that? Um, executive presence for me is showing up and showing out. And what does that mean? When you're sometimes you're not always invited to a space, but sometimes you have to invite yourself to a space. Sometimes you have to campaign um, and be authentic of who you are, campaign for yourself. Um, Speak, uh, I hate the word eloquently, speak authentically and boldly in who you are and what you know. Um, Create, you know, redefine what your brand is, um, how you look. Is it red lips, bold lips? Because I'm not afraid to wear lipstick. Yes, um, I, mean, <laughs> I had, um, you know, a close associate who said, you know, I'm so inspired that you, you know, you wear lipstick. Like, I, I don't do that. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, Black women, you know, have a, we always second guess ourselves mm-hmm. in corporate spaces. And, you know, Black and brown women, sometimes we do that. And put your lipstick on. Put your earrings on, put your pearls on, put your put your necklace on. Be bold. Um, you know, we can't be ruled by people trying to exotify us. You still have to show up in the space. And mm-hmm. that executive space means really being being you and not dressing for the job that you that you um, have or the one that you want. Right. And so really walking in that space and taking it up a notch every time. Yeah, that's so important. And I think about how I really rejected um, being and I'll, I'll say like girly girl, but like dressing up and doing all of that because I didn't want to call attention to myself. I just mm-hmm. wanted to focus on the work. And mm-hmm. it's finally been beaten in my head through just experiences that you need to show up and show out. You need to have that executive presence. It is not about you leveraging, you know, your looks. It's about walking in authority and allowing others to see that you are that authority. So mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I think it's also interesting too, especially coming out of academia where it can be very casual at times and mm-hmm. you know, don't have to necessarily do that. But in these new and different spaces, you need to understand what executive presence looks like for you and then commit to showing up daily. Oh yeah. And I'm, listen, it's, I know this, you know, uh, my parents are still this in me, but I also know this is my God-given right to be myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. And to be the best version of myself every time and to cr- just keep knocking it out of the park. Um, don't be afraid to be awesome. Now, that's actually because <laughs> that leads us into our mentorship moment. Mm-hmm. So you have, honestly, you've had all of these different experiences. But what about what would you say to someone who? is 
they have that creative spark, but they're not quite sure how to nurture it coming out of a doctoral program. Mm -hmm. I would say um, don't second guess yourself. Make a list um, and prioritize what you can do in 30 days, 60 days, 90 mm -hmm. days, the halfway mark and then the, the uh, one year mark. Um, prioritize three to five things of what you um, want to do or how you want to challenge yourself to glow in a different space, whether it's your executive presence, your own brand or your career goals. So really, and don't second guess it. You know, if it comes to your mind, it's in your heart and you're passionate about it, write it down and make a plan for it. Wow. And what are just some parting words that you want to share with our community? Um, this has been such a great interview and I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm not sure when we're going to post this, but it will be great to have some type of like challenge to come out. Like after talking to you, I want to take this and make it actionable. So I kind of want oh, to challenge awesome. our community to, mm -hmm. because one, it helps to, I've learned for myself that once I'm inspired, I have to take action quickly. Mm -hmm. If I don't, then I lose the spark. Yeah. And what helps that is being within a community of people who are also willing to put in the work to nurture mm -hmm. that spark and that creativity and that inspiration. Mm -hmm. So we will have to talk offline about how we can create something or how we can support PhDs who are wanting to pursue new and different paths or even mm -hmm. just stepping into who they've been called to be because, mm -hmm. you know, the PhD takes you through a lot. Oh yeah. It does. When it stays the same. after the process. No, my, my, uh, <laughs> My short-term memory is still needs to work. <laughs> I tell you, my my memory was shot. Um, my speech I, was shot. I felt like too. <laughs> my, my rest. That's the one thing I mm -hmm. noticed when I came home. My mom was like, "You don't sleep. <laughs> it was you sleep too much." And I was mm -hmm. just like, "Yeah, because I'm all over the place." Like yeah. I, yeah, physically, it it did a lot. So, um, but I just want to say thank you so thank much. You for sharing your experience, um, I, sharing even just what creativity, relating that back to how I can still be a part of the academic process, the mm -hmm. science of problem solving. Uh, this, is, this has been wonderful. Now, how can people learn more about you and the work that you do? And so I am working on a little, uh, my brand, um, like I've been saying the, the, for the interview. And so my, my uh, website, my personal website is going to it's going to take um, a little bit more uh, construction. It's under construction right now. Um, I'm doing a rebrand. Um, mm -hmm. At first, it was for, you know, the company I was working um, with all, all those years before. But now I really want to focus on more of my name. Um, so when people are looking for me, they don't have to search for anything else. But, hey, I want to find her. So um, let's find Dr. Ashley C. Goodwin. So it's under construction. But I would say for now, um, please find me on LinkedIn. I am happy to talk, to chat, inspire, um, to mentor, and also to connect with those who I can learn from as well. Um, if you're the smartest in the room, walk through another uh, doorway. Um, so iron sharpens iron, and I'd love to be around people I can learn from as well. And what we'll do, we will, once your website is finalized, we can just put it in the show notes so others can check you out and just see all of your brilliance. Thank you so much. This was an amazing, amazing time speaking and connecting with you and all you PhDs out there continue striving, continue taking up space in every space that you walk in and do not be afraid to be awesome. Yes. All right. Thank y'all so much for watching. Make sure you click that subscribe button and share this with the PhD that you love.